Okay. Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire. We are here with Sean Frankenstein and Keith Semerod. Uh, Keith Semerod, just really quick, is kind of the original OG uh, Coal Region Campfire. He used to do these reviews uh, back a long time ago. Uh, you'll be seeing a lot of him. He's also in our uh, upcoming Ali Was Here uh, series. He kicks it off. Um, but today, uh, we're going to take a, a, a little turn um, and kind of talk about the homeless count here. Um, I actually had no idea what this was about, uh, but my wife uh, told me about it, uh, who works in uh, social services, and she said, you know, it might be pretty interesting to kind of get a, a good understanding of uh, how uh, the homeless count has actually arrived to, and uh, so I reached out to, to Keith, and he set me up here. Um, now, before we get started, uh, a quick reminder, we are sponsored by uh, CACL and Darren J. March Financial Services. Um, so, Sean, kind of just give us a, a quick... So every year, you were telling me before, every year it's, it's a mandated count? Every year, um, the federal government mandates a count of the unsheltered and sheltered homelessness in uh, the United States. Um, HUD mandates that every county go out and count sheltered and unsheltered homelessness. Now sheltered is someone who may be staying in a motel or a crisis situation. Um, the unsheltered count in which we participate in is our homeless individuals who are staying in a tent in their car, uh, basically a place not meant for human habitation. So a condemned building, uh, things of that nature. So. Uh, HUD wants these numbers uh, from every county in the United States, and uh, basically if uh, counties don't go out and count the individuals, um, you don't report any homeless, uh, you know, there's applications to get funding for homelessness, so if you don't do this count, you don't have any criteria to apply for monies to help mm -hmm. uh, the homeless in your area. Now, this count is done, you said, one, one time a year, so it's, it's over one night? It, it, the count is done on the fourth Wednesday um, of January every year. Um, it's just when HUD picks, um, uh, we think it's due to, um, you know, if you're homeless in January, you're really homeless, you know, in July, you know, when it's warmer outside, people might be camping or staying outside. Mm -hmm. uh, but in January, if someone's staying outside a tent, they are definitely homeless. Um, and you guys could uh, feel free to pitch in whoever, but so like school county, I mean, you guys have obviously been doing this for a while. Do you guys have an idea of where to go? Like how, how do you even begin to, to find homeless people? This, I think, was our ninth or tenth year. I'm not yep. positive of the, of the uh, how many we've done. But, yeah, there always is people tell us. We do a lot of publicity via newspapers and radio to um, help publicize our event and also make people aware if they see people out that they are working with us and doing something that's, uh, you know, not nefarious in any way. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so we do have general ideas. Sean does housing stuff all year long, so he is always in touch with people that uh, let him know or he finds out where people are staying. And that it's that's kind of how it's directed. But we also hear from other people who are homeless. And um, our, our goal, not only to count these people, is to bring some type of assistance to mm -hmm. them, uh, whether it be... Uh, motel vouchers, whether it be food supplies, whether it be clothing. Uh, we have people that do grocery things. We uh, have a sponsor this year 
who was Skook Auto Sales, who pays for a program called God's Truck Wagon, mm-hmm. which is a minister who has a converted school bus. He goes out and prepares hot meals. Uh, I think he takes the winter off, if I'm not mistaken, but he does it for us. Uh, and we had, I think, five or six locations this year where God's truck wagon went out. And then we're able to talk to people that are coming for meals. There are obviously people that are having a rough time. And again, they'll tell us if they know of people that uh, might need help. And then we can reach out and try and get assistance to them that way. Now, I'm not being like a like a smart ass like when I ask this, but like what if someone's like couch surfing? Is that like it doesn't technically have a home? That's not that home? doesn't count. OK, they okay. have to be living in a place that's not meant for human habitation. OK, so that's, that's kind of the, the criteria. The OK, right? so anything I mean to be cl- under a bridge or like out in the street like that's obviously right. OK, car. Um, now, are when you go out like are, are are they receptive uh to getting getting help and getting services um at times yes mm-hmm. um at times no i mean some individuals uh, prefer to do that i mean for instance during the point in time count this year um i usually do outreach a couple times or once a month with different organizations so we know some of the individuals have been homeless year-round and they're kind of okay with where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, we've encountered some people uh, during the street count this year who were, were receptive to us. Uh, we discussed with them their experiences in the system, you know, different agencies they've worked with, and they were receptive to us to, to our suggestions to get help. You know, we did give them information, you know, some other supplies, and said, "Hey, here's how you get connected." So it it, it kind of depends. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't want to ever sneak up on anyone, so sure, it's, yeah. you have to approach them the right way too. There's people that want to live off the grid. We don't push our services on people Mm -hmm. that don't want it. And what we try and what our focus is, both Sean and I, is to bring services to people who have mental illness Mm -hmm. because that's who we work for and that's what we do. And obviously everyone we run into does not have mental illness, so we try and help everyone that we can. But uh, Sham works in a program that provides housing, you know, year-round for people that have a mental uh, uh, mental illness, and that's what our main focus is to bring services to those people. Now, here in School County, have you noticed, uh, and maybe you can't comment on it, but has there been a trend? Does it stay pretty steady in terms of the homeless count every year, or um, our services have stayed pretty steady. Um, the homeless numbers um, usually stay around 25 to 35, you know, give or take a couple individuals. So it's been pretty steady in our area. Um, I oversee a, a program for individuals who are homeless, risk of homelessness, you know, with, with mental health uh, related. And usually our numbers, we get around 300 to 350 calls for unique individuals per year. So it, it stays pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see too many spikes, but we, we, you know, we is, stay pretty Is busy. it the same people every year, do you notice? No. From the point in time count, there are a couple of repeats, but usually there's, you know, most of the individuals are right. new individuals that I've seen. Now, how does how does someone become homeless in terms of, like, what's usual? The, is there, like, a, a standard, like, terms of, or is it everyone kind of gets there differently? No, it, it, it's pretty broad. I mean, usually it's a life change, you know, some pass away in a family, mental health, um, drug and alcohol addiction, um, an injury, um, a disability. I've, you know, I, I've seen a lot of reasons why people become homeless. Um, and there's no real type of person either. 
I mean, I've had people walk in my office that I didn't think were homeless, and you mm-hmm. know, they disclosed that to me. You know, there's domestic violence, there's you know, relationships, there's you know, people passing through our county that their car breaks down, they have nowhere to stay, they become homeless for the night. So yeah. there's there's no real uh, you know model homeless individual. It's it's all. It all just depends. I, I volunteered at a at a at a kitchen when I lived in New York, um, and every Saturday they would do a meal, and you know I, I would see some of the faces. I'm like, oh, like you know, in my naive mind, I'm like that person doesn't look homeless. You know what I mean? And and they were. You know what I mean? And so, what can the average person do if they come across someone homeless? I mean, what what what's the best way to to be of, of benefit? Um, we do have services in the area. Um, we always have or distribute different organizations a resource guide for the county. Um, really giving them information on how to get connected to agencies to to um, to help them out, um, to, to get them some services they may need, to give them some light at the end of the tunnel, to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get them in the services, talk to you know some professionals who can guide them in the right direction to better the situation, and give them the ability that if they want to follow through with services, you know, we all are voluntary that they want to follow through that you know we can you know hopefully help them out. We, we work closely with Servants to All, which is a pro- sure. program uh, devoted to helping homeless. And if there are people that are listening that are interested in helping, there's all sorts of ways to help. Uh, you can go through your closets or your family's closets and gather up unused coats and clothing mm-hmm. that can be donated. You can make financial donations that would help towards money and services. Uh, one of the ways when we started this nine or ten years ago, we might have had 20 people helping us go out and do the search. We have over 100 now. Oh, okay. And I was going to ask you. People. And that's to canvas the whole county. Right. And and we can't canvas the whole county yeah. with 100 people. Yeah. So if people are interested in helping us on the nights that we go out, we're more than happy to accept their help as well. Um, one of the, the nice things that happened with the most recent count is a woman contacted me from uh, one of the fire companies in Frackville and said, we do a lot of fundraising by selling food. And we have food that's left over or food that, uh, you know, we haven't used and we'd like to donate it. So how can we do this? Mm -hmm. So I point her in the direction uh, where that can be used. So if there's service clubs out there or, you know, high school clubs of kids that are looking to do some type of community service or something like that, this is a perfect opportunity to come together as a community and help people less fortunate in your own community uh, get better off. Yeah, I interviewed um, uh, Servants for All, um, and, and they said one of the best things you can do is if you have, like, a graduation, it was, like, in the summer, so if you're at a graduation party and there's, like, leftover food, you know, you could bring, you could drop it off there, and it's going to be put to good use. Yeah, they they can definitely use that. There's a lot of volunteers, a lot of you know individuals, not necessarily homeless, but you know, difficult housing situations that stop in and you know converse, talk to services, and you know, get supplies. So yes, it can definitely help. Well, great, uh, Sean, uh, Keith, I really appreciate it. And uh, again, if you guys have any questions, or like a website or anything, they could go to and check it out, or or just. Uh, do we have an official website? <laughs> just. Just listen to this podcast, guys. You, you Listen to it again. You can contact myself at my office. My phone number is 570-628-1796. Um, I work at the Schuylkill County Mental Health uh, Intellectual Disability Drug and Alcohol Programs. 
and uh, I can put people in touch with people that they're interested in helping. And the, some of these agencies need help all year long. Mm-hmm. I mean, our count is just uh, for two or three days. We count on the one night, but we, we go out for a few days. But our planning, honestly, is year-long. Okay. We, we meet through a local housing options team, LHOT, and uh, participating in that, you'll receive training on you know, how to approach people, how to do the counts, safety measures, things like that. So um, there's a lot of ways to help. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.